We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. And MHI is live, rocking and rolling. Thomas Hall, Luke Patterson, Wednesday night MHI, where we're going to be talking about all things Denver Broncos, the NFL draft, Russell Wilson crashing golf carts in my neighborhood, Tom, that golf course <laughs> right by my parents' house. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll chop it up with the fellas, the ladies. Have a lot of fun on this show. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited. It's uh, We're almost to the draft, and, of course, we're going to have rumors like crazy going back and forth, but I think it's going to be interesting. I know we're going to talk about it tonight, right? Who Who has the final say? But I think as we get to talk about this, there's something that I'm looking for that I'll be looking for in the draft that will indicate who's really in charge, whether it's George mm. Payton or Sean. Payton. And I think we'll we'll find out maybe in this draft. Ooh, maybe we'll preview that here on this show is what I'm hearing. Everybody loves a tease, including me. And uh, <laughs> speaking of tease, our guy Dylan Von Ark's putting in all kinds of work saying, what's up, Broncos country? Make sure you hit that like button on the way in, share on all platforms and subscribe if you haven't done so already. Always appreciate you, Dylan. Really proud of you and all the work that you're putting in. Happy you're one of us, brother. And speaking of one of us, our guy David, Big D, Heavy D, in the house tonight with a $5 super. Thank you so much. David was on, just like a lot of you, before the show even started. David wanted to weigh in and show some love, and we really appreciate it, brother. Saying good evening, Broncos country. Luke, Tom, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. The draft is in seven. Hashtag Buckham times two. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. David sounding off ready for the NFL draft. Yeah. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. We are all, we should all be ready, man. It's, it's so much fun. We also got, uh, um, sorry, grabbed the wrong one. Got Michael, the, the legend of course, coming in, uh, with a Facebook stars. Thank you so much, Michael. Appreciate you Mikey. being here. Now he says good morning, but I think he meant good evening, Thomas Hall and Luke on mile high insiders go Broncos and Buckham. We always appreciate you here, Michael, so much so thank you Mike. like i said can't put into words how how much we appreciate your support 
Big Mike representing out there in Arizona saying, my bad, it's been a long day. I knew what you meant, and Thomas, we we had to correct Mike. Whenever we can give Mike a jab, we try to because he's a good guy, and that's what you do with your friends. You poke him, you yeah. jab him, you have a good time. And Absolutely. Michael, one of those cats that makes this show what it is. Just my guy, I got to give him, give him his props. Mike S., loyal friend, listener. What's up, Luke, Thomas, Scott, Dylan, and Broncos country. Mike, another one of our friends, family members that was in there early. Speaking of friends and family, of course, and Michaela Israel, another one of the MHH lifers and one of my personal friends. Good evening, Broncos country. What's up, Coop? I want to know how her son's basketball team is is doing. Uh, My little girl's going to start basketball here very soon. The Easter Bunny brought her a basketball something that we are super excited about she's already a volleyball champ so kids sports right i know you got to deal with the parents and the crap sometimes but man (laughs) it is so much fun it's one of the highlights of my week watching my kid play sports do music choir instrument whatever it is man it's it's one of the joys of parenthood yeah i'll tell you the best sporting event i ever went to was my oldest son's hockey game when he was a kid he was like six years old seven years old i think it or maybe eight at the most but it was so wow. much fun it was like hockey yeah one one of the best events i've ever watched like live. mighty ducks hockey like that type of drama because um it sometimes it plays out that way right i mean yeah. you're kind of as parents looking in, like and even with the other team you're like man we're kind of invested in this all together yeah. and that's a little bit of a bummer <laughs> when it's over uh no it's cool man it's cool to see friends and family well represented here on this MHI every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. He is Thomas Hall. I am Luke Patterson. And there is one Rodney Garcia weighing in with some support and some love saying good evening, Thomas and Luke in Broncos country. Hope all is well and everyone is having a great evening. Go Broncos. And speaking of one of our very own Dom Harmio, our guy saying good evening, Luke, Thomas, Scott and Broncos country. Let's go Lakers. What? <laughs> Denver Broncos for life. All right, Dom. I'm going to I have to call you out here. I'm, I'm on the Nuggets bandwagon. It's the playoffs. I watched the first game on Sunday night against the T-Wolves. Um, I don't know how it's going to go tonight. I've got a bad feeling. Nuggets and Wolves tip off an hour after we end, hour and a half-ish. Tom, I don't know if you're into basketball. I grew up. I love basketball. But go Lakers, something I just <laughs> didn't find myself saying. And Dom got me to say it twice already. So uh, <laughs> cheers to Dom. Yeah. I'm not a basketball fan. I used to love basketball when I was younger, but the, the 2000s kind of turned me off to basketball. I never went back. So, Oh, I, see, I grew, I grew up, I was a nineties baby. So I grew up with yeah. the best era of basketball. I yeah. feel like ever. And I'm, I'm super proud of that, but the big three in Boston. How's that for some Laker love, Dom? I, I was a big three guy with Paul Pierce, Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett, <laughs> Doc Rivers coaching up there. That team was crazy. Uh, string guy coming in. Good evening, Tom, Luke, and MHH. We appreciate everybody joining us and Dom weighing back in. I love my Broncos, but Lakers for life. And <laughs> I can't argue with that. Go, go, Broncos. It's an exciting time right now. We are just about a week away from the NFL draft where we will be doing our draft special MHI preview. And that's going to be a super, super fun show. I can't wait to get to it. But before we do, we've got a huge bomb in the house. Seth oh. Harmon coming in with some bomb diggity love, showing us wow. support, helping us keep the lights on. Seth, thank you very much. Yes. Seth saying, hey, guys, how many players do you expect from this draft to be on the roster in four years? Wow. What a great question when you stop to think about it, because I don't think this gets talked about enough. And Seth's bringing up a really good point here. Sometimes you got to get away from the sizzle. 
Tom, of the NFL draft. And what I mean by that is, yes, these guys, some of them are flashy. Yes, it's a very historic occasion. But you have got to get these guys to hit on the long term under that rookie contract like Seth Harmon's talking about. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, well, if you look at the history, it's it's not going to be a lot for sure. I mean, there's only five draft picks. I would I would be happy if three of them stuck around for four years. That would be a, a huge win. My guess is it's going to be between two and three if Sean Payton's history at the Saints is uh, the same here in Denver. And he was a they they actually the Saints had great drafts through the the his tenure there. Uh, one of the best drafting teams, if you think about finding impact players, even in the middle of the draft. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, three three players would be great on my, from my perspective. But that's, you know, that's even considering they don't have first or second round pick. So that would be a huge win. I, I don't know. I'm going to say you know two. What? I'm going to say two. You know what? I'm going to double down on my love for Sean Payton because we are talking about who is in charge. That's the theme of this show, yeah. right? Everybody, we teased it. Everybody loves the tease. Well, here it is. We're talking about it right now. Who's in charge? What do I mean by that? Who gets final say at the NFL draft war room that the Denver Broncos are about to enter in just about a week? Is that going to be GM George Payton, who's been here longer than Sean Payton, who has been tasked with being a scout of scouts? Or is it going to be Head coach Sean Payton just got here, instituted a no media policy. There will be a virtual interview tomorrow, but it's still new territory. And that's what we're debating here. Uh, Seth, I really appreciate your support. I know Thomas does too. Let us know who you like in the NFL draft and we will shout you back out. It's awesome to see so much support like that. And Rodney coming in saying, for me, I would like the Broncos to draft an edge in the third round and then go center. I feel like edge is the most concerning to me with Randy Gregory's health. We need an edge for sure. We talk about it on this show and Rodney's agreeing with us here, man. Randy Gregory, 
extreme disappointment in his first season as a blockbuster free agent lured away from Dallas last year. Rodney saying, look, man, maybe we scrap the Nick Benito idea and go after an edge early. Yeah. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell you, I, I was disappointed when they signed Randy Gregory from the beginning, and I was very vocal in that. I, I just didn't trust his ability to stay on the field. But you also have to understand Browning wasn't on the field either. Those are the two starters, right? Once Chubb left, it was Browning yeah. and, and Gregory. Neither one of them could stay healthy. So that, hey, that hey, is just hey, 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 <laughs> you watch the way you talk about Baron. Remember, I, I, I discovered Baron. I, I discovered him at the same senior bowl as I discovered oh, yeah. Quinn Miners. And I do take credit. No, I didn't discover anybody. These guys, their play speaks for themselves. But it was cool to be there. Jonathan Cooper there, too. Still, though, you're right. I mean, disappointing. Say what you will about uh, being a fan of a player. If that player isn't on the field, it's disappointing. But Randy Gregory, I mean, we were out there at training camp. I was right on the sideline. I was there when it happened. He's out there at training camp, not practicing, trying to fight his old team in the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, it's like, what are you doing, guy? You said you turned over a new leaf. Rodney, I got one for you. I'm seeing a lot of mocks, and I hate mocks. I'm the guy that hates mocks. I'm the guy, don't send me mocks. I probably won't say nice things. I can't stand it unless your name is Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay. I'll look at it. It's a resource. It's an evaluation tool. But one pick, one trade changes the whole thing. Here's a guy I've seen, though, recently mocked, Tom. Andre Carter. I've got to see this kid out of Army and – He's a lean, lean duck out there. I I saw him at the Senior Bowl. He's working hard. They're thinking if he gets drafted, when he gets drafted, he's going to be able to put some muscle on, right? He's not going to be running so damn much. That's the thing right now. That's the word out in the scouting community, and it shouldn't be any big surprise. This man is lean because he's in the Army. (laughs) I think if you get this guy, Andre Carter, in the end of the third round, and that would be a little bit of a fall, a big fall for this guy, for be honest, you can address him. I would love him as an ideal prospect. But two, uh, I I wouldn't trade up to the second round. No way. Not for an edge. This is my feeling on edge rushers, right? And, And the Broncos edge rusher, in general. So they don't, they don't need starters right right now. They don't need to find an impact player because they have them if they can stay healthy. And the, uh, so they need to add a little bit more depth, I think. So I don't mind taking one in the third round. My problem with it is most of the time, if you look at the history, there's many more late round edge rushers who d- didn't do anything in the NFL compared to the late or later round edge rushers that actually did something. There's a huge pile uh, that people forget about. So for my money in the third round, I'd rather go with a center than an edge because I want my edge to be impactful, right? I want mm-hmm. him to go out there and make an impact. And if and, and that's Browning and um, Gregory, if they can stay healthy. I would wait till next year when they have an early, hopefully have an earlier round pick if they can make some trades and get a first or second rounder. That's my thoughts on it. That's just looking at the numbers. If somebody falls and they love them, I mean, who knows? I mean, Baron Browning's the third rounder, kind of fell in their lap. They drafted him, turned him into an edge, and he can be an impact player if he can stay on the field. So my, my money is going with the uh, – I'd go with – got two back-to-backs. If they both fall, I'll go center, go with the edge. That's fine with me. But I prefer to take – because the, the center could actually uh, contribute now, really, as a depth player quite well and maybe become a starter also. So – I love it. I, I I love the three centers, the big ones in this draft with uh, John Michael Schmitz, Joe Tipman, and Luke Weipler. I love those guys. I, I just don't know 
how long they're going to be around. It's such a hard position to find right now in the NFL. You don't get a ton of these tenured centers that are going to play for a decade, like a Quentin Nelson or Creed Humphrey. You know what I mean? They, they don't just come along. This is a pretty decent class for them, especially within those premium rounds, two and three. Phil McLaughlin coming in with some support. Appreciate your Phil. Hopefully you're doing well, brother. Good evening, Luke Thomas and Deacon Scott. I coached Little League for 10 years. So many gray hairs, so much fun. Hashtag Buckham, hashtag Go Broncos. Man, coaching, yeah, we, coaching your kids is tough. It's fun. It's frustrating. <laughs> uh, we've all done it. We've all eaten maybe some as parents, maybe some as the child. Uh, it's just kind of part of life, man, and embrace all those moments because one thing is for sure, time goes quick. Yeah. Yeah, I loved coaching too. I I, I coach football. I coach little league, and you just gotta have fun. And you gotta you gotta have the kids have fun. I mean, if they're not having fun, it's it's not worth it. So, I, I, you know, coaching is coaching is wonderful, especially coaching kids. You know, teaching them teaching them how to play a game that uh, you know you you kind of know yourself a little bit, and it's it's always fun. But you know, you always have you always have something happen at one of those games that you just gotta laugh about. You know, it's so much fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, man. It's fun and it goes fast. So enjoy it, folks. Yep. We are here on MHI. It's Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Mountain. We're so thankful that you are with us. Thomas Hall, Luke Patterson, MHI. We appreciate it. If you guys would like to reach out to us, please do so on Twitter at Luke Patterson LP. If you'd like to get to Tom, that's at Thomas Hall NFL. Tom, the theme of the show, we're asking the question. And to some, it might seem like a very obvious question, but I think the results are going to surprise some people at certain times in this NFL draft. Uh, Sean Payton co coming in, fat contract, backed up the Brinks truck to get him, had to deal some premium draft compensation yeah. when you look at it to go get him. That Bradley Chubb ultimately helped lock down in that deal with Miami. Uh, George Payton, scout of scouts. Who's in charge on draft day? <laughs> Uh, George says, I want player a Sean says, I want player B, which player are they going to get? That is a tough one. You know, it's a tough one to say who, who, who is the final say, I don't really know. I'll tell you, I think it's going to be a, a good collaboration. I think there's not like one person that says this is it. But if, if I had to say who got the final say based on who, you know, based on the contracts, based on the ownership, I'd, I would give it to Sean Payton. I think he's going to have the final say. But I'll tell you this. If they trade up in this draft, we're, I think I'm solidified on knowing Sean Payton is in charge. If they trade back, then I'm leaning to George Payton because they're both very different philosophies. Sean, Sean Payton always wants to trade up, rarely trades back, and, and George Payton's a little bit of the opposite. So – I think if you see a trade up, I'm gonna I'll be uh, I'll be on the board with uh, with Sean Payton being the boss. Curveball. What if they do both? What if you see? <laughs> seriously, I, I mean, like, what if what if both guy has to scratch their itch, so to speak? I yeah. I was talking with a friend who also covers the team, and uh, we were talking about this today, real quick. And I just said, man, it's going to be so painfully obvious. Um, hopefully it's not painfully, but you're not going to hit on every draft pick. I think it's going to be very obvious when the picks happen. For instance, if it's a big dramatic trade up, like you're saying, that's perhaps Sean Payton, but we know George loves draft capital and he loves to try to get more of it. Um, Sean likes football players and he wants to go get them. Now say what you want about George. He likes football players too. He traded up to get Javante Williams drafting Quentin minor, still a big risk that we have yet to, really see the end result 
there on the offensive line. We're expecting big things with this new scheme under Sean Payton, but it's going to be really, really interesting tomorrow. They have a virtual press conference set up. It's going to be the first one I miss the virtual press conference. I'm heading out of town with the family, but uh, it's kind of interesting because there's a lot of unhappy people in the Denver media right now because this is virtual, right? And this is something we talked about on last week's show, Sean Payton's anti-media policy. He's doing the bare minimum, coach. He wants them to uh, be training their butts off, taking care of their bodies, and it's kind of interesting big press conference right somebody told me in denver media this is my favorite press conference of the year and now it's virtual (laughs) and it's like well yeah it's the lying season sometimes you could get some really quirky questions right before the draft but sean payton he's got him locked down until that virtual interview tomorrow yeah i'm i mean being in the media i don't really care i want to i'm gonna have more fun as a media person when they win than I would by having a couple pref, uh, press conferences right away. So, you know, count me in. I'm, I'm all on what? board. You don't, want to meet, <laughs> you don't want to meet Vance Joseph uh, for a second time, a reintroduction <laughs> to Vance no. Joseph? You're, you're missing no. that right now? I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting. I like it. Some people don't, and I think you're entitled to your opinion. Uh, I like it because for the last six, five or six years, it feels like the Broncos have been very flamboyant and uh, you don't need to tell everybody how hard you're working. Uh, Remember those Bronco videos? What was it last year of George getting up to the building at 4 a.m. and all this kind of stuff or a couple years ago? It's all blending together. It was bad because the results on the field were bad. Uh, I, I think you remove some distraction and you can truly find that end goal. You can truly grow together as a group of men. Um, Sean Payton is bringing so much to the table and he already has. And I'm very, very impressed with um, guys for the most part, staying out of trouble. Right. I think there was a knucklehead drafted last year that got in trouble a couple weeks ago. Yep. Fayon Hicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a little disappointing. Yeah. Got cut from the team, brought back. Yeah, he's a little disappointing, I, but for the most part, it's been radio silence over there. Something that's good. I like it. Good yeah, change. I appreciate it. I, I appreciate it as well. I mean, at this point, stop talking about it, go out and do it on the field. And then and then you can start talking about it again. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Get right. No. Yeah, get right. Get right. We said it on this show last week, right? All work, no twerk. The story of the Sean Payton 2023 (laughs) Denver Broncos. Dylan Von Ark's our guy coming in. I had to get to DVA. Trade down if it makes sense and acquire picks for next year in case Russ ain't it. And that truly, I mean, we joke about the catchphrase, right, of 2023. 2023, this has got to be the year of Russell Wilson. Uh, It's kind of like eight mile right now, right? He's got one shot. And (laughs) that's that's the real optic whether that be external whether there be some internal pressure i mean that is the true test and people want to know how is sean payton going to respond to quarterback he already did in free agency by getting jared stidham right right so now you're looking at the nfl draft another resource in which quarterbacks will be available and broncos country's wondering you know what if a guy like hooker falls (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I mean, does Sean love any of these guys right now? Is George Payton banging the table for any of these guys right now? Uh, we'll find out in just about seven days. Steve Armstrong coming in with a very strong $10 super. Appreciate you, Steve. Hopefully all is well with you and yours, brother. I think our team needs to work in silence. I'd tray up for Tipman. Hashtag Buckham. Hashtag the Mile Highlander. Hashtag MHH for life. 
Yeah, Steve and I have talked about this, man. Um, there's a mauler, an absolute mauler that the Broncos could get at Tipman. And I'm not talking about Lloyd Cushenberry, right, who just seems to struggle along. Um, Joe Tipman's a dog. John Michael Schmitz is a dog. Luke Weipler is a dog. The Broncos have got to address center because Lloyd Cushenberry, he's on his way out. Well, yeah, even if they even if he is the starter this year, he's still going to be an unrestricted free agent next year. So they have to that's why I keep talking about center in that third round because they have to make a decision this year on the future of the Broncos center position. Even even if Cushenberry turns out to be pretty decent this year, I doubt they're going to re-sign him. They're, they've got a plan for the future. So I'm all for grabbing a center. I don't know about trading up for one. I'm not sure. I think there's going to be some that hopefully fall into that uh, early third round that you can take a shot at. But yeah, I mean, Tipman would be a great a great pickup. But they, they have to address that. They've addressed everything else on the line except center, and they have to do it. Not just for this year, but for the future. Hmm. Phil McLaughlin coming in with some support. Appreciate you, Phil. Hey, guys, at pick 67, you got three choices. Defensive tackle Keanu, Keanu, Edge, Will McDonald, or offensive lineman Chandler Zavala. Who are you taking? Hmm. Man, uh, I'll, I'll kick us off here. I, 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 like the, I like a defensive tackle. I always do. It's a supplemental position that you need to have prioritized right now. What do I mean by supplemental? Edge rushers get the love, right? Edge rushers shut down the quarterback. That's where a lot of the priority is in the league right now. But Draymond Jones, he's gone, folks, and he's not coming back. How are you going to supplement that? No, he wasn't a true defensive tackle, but there are several players in this draft that you can grab that are versatile. Versatility is key in the NFL. It's one of the reasons why guys get paid. See Draymond Jones. Um, Phil, I love that your head is in the, in the trenches, so to speak, because just like Tom's banging the drum for an offensive center, a lot of Broncos countries banging the drum for either another edge or a defensive tackle with good reason. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. What do they have? A pretty damn dis good defensive tackle over there. Probably the second best in the NFL. Arguably the best when Aaron Donald is, isn't healthy. Yeah, thank you, Phil, for coming in and supporting us. We always appreciate it, man. We always love you being here. I I'm going to say this. When it comes to defensive line right now for the Broncos, they, they seem to have their future kind of set down the road. They've drafted two uh, two uh, two rookies last year on the defensive line. They played a little bit. They looked like they could be okay they, if they develop. I don't see what I my problem is. I don't think they have another starter that uh, or really good experienced rotational guy. So if it, for me, I would take either edge or offensive lineman over the defensive tackle just because they need an experienced guy. They don't need another development prospect in my mind. I think they they think they're still kind of thin on the rotation of that offensive line as well. I think that, yep. uh, you know, they, they, they're going in uh, with a very, very inexperienced, so to speak. He's been here for a while and played a lot on offensive tackle. And they still are pretty thin on the rotation on the interior line. So it'd be good to grab an offensive lineman maybe for that. But in the end, you know, maybe that edge is a good uh, position to grab. If you think that you can get, you know, maybe, trade off someone like Cooper or somebody else, you know, to you know, fill that, that depth position. But I'm looking at, I'm looking at uh, the, they need somebody experienced on the offensive line and they need somebody experienced on the defensive line to add to that rotation. So I guess those three, uh, if I had to pick I'd, and, it, and they were all equal, I'd go with edge. 
Yeah, Nick Benito's been a super big disappointment. George Payton, that one's, I mean, a glaring hole. And uh, he's he damn well a better bit in the weight room during his recovery. And, I, I mean, Broncos country, that was a super underwhelming pick um, when that one came in. I don't think you're going to see that this year because Sean Payton, well, he's not exactly an underwhelming guy. <laughs> Say what you want about him. You probably know where Sean Payton stands. He pulls no punches. It'll be interesting to see how he operates in tandem with George Payton tomorrow uh, at the virtual Broncos press conference under Sean Payton's policy and kind of under his his helm, if you will. By that same nature, I think that kind of answers the question. Who's calling the shots, at least for me? It's the guy who gets the biggest paycheck in the building, and that is Sean Payton. No disrespect to George, but it was fairly obvious when Greg Penner had spoke at the end of the year about releasing Nathaniel Hackett. Um, he had kind of disempowered George in some ways, at least talking about the head coaching search. And then Sean Payton comes in, doesn't just throw George a freebie. I believe Sean when he says that he's been looking forward and working with George Payton in this Denver Broncos role. I believe him when he says that George is very well respected in the league, but the pressure's on. I think when push comes to shove, Sean Payton's going to get the final say. And if Sean Payton loves a guy and says, we can go get him and I can make him a winner and a winner early, that's going to be something that Greg Penner would ultimately give his final stamp of approval upon. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I think people are giving George Payton a bad rep because of some of the decisions he made, you know, with the trade of Russell Wilson. But I still think his drafting prowess is pretty good because the team, even even with Sean Payton coming in and kind of making it his own, they're still counting on several second year players who have to step up and be good for this team. So I think Sean Payton likes George Payton's drafts. You've got two defensive linemen that are going to be key in the rotation. You've got Demari Mathis, who's going to be a starter. You, you've got a few of those draftees from last year who are going to play big roles, or they're you know they're going to be a bust, right? They, they've got to step up and, and do that as a second-year player. So I think there's a lot of mutual res respect between yeah. George Payton and Sean Payton. I think they can work well together. If we got to say who's going to be the final say – Probably Sean Payton is he's the one putting the, the troops out on the field, so to speak. But I think it's going to be a very, very collaborative process. And I think that they both have a plenty of say in that room when it comes down to it. One player that Sean Payton uh, didn't draft, but definitely helped find as an undrafted guy that's now a Denver Bronco, Tony Jones Jr., running back out of Notre Dame. Uh, I love this cat. Got to scout him at my first ever Shrine Bowl when it used to be back in Florida, down at the Trop right by outside of St. Pete. Um, super, super good running back. Very smart. What do, what do I mean by super good? He's efficient. And that's what the Broncos need in a complimentary role. I think that Javante Williams is going to need a little bit longer, and that's going to leave the door wide open for a dark horse candidate. 5280 Jaheem coming in here with a 499 Super. Thank you so much for all of your support. Tom, Scott, and I really appreciate it. Do you guys think the Broncos can be in the talks for 49ers quarterback Trey Lance BR projects a fourth round pick for him Tom take it baby Trey Lance well I mean it's intriguing right but they've already got a backup quarterback who's kind of a you know fill in for the future if something happens with Wilson with Stidham 
I don't know if they want to take a chance. If they had a bunch of picks and it was kind of a luxury, yeah, maybe. But at this point, there's five picks. You're going to trade a fourth round for Trey Lance, who hasn't really done anything in the NFL. Yeah, really toolsy. It's, uh, you know, he could be intriguing. Sean Payton may have liked him coming out of the draft, so it's a possibility. I just think that it's kind of Russell Wilson or bust right now. If the, if Russell Wilson can't turn it around this year, they're going to go back to the draft, and they'll probably end up with Stidham replacing him. So are you going to bring in another project that may or may not pan out for fourth round? Maybe, but it's a I don't – I everything that I've heard on the national outlet suggests that the Niners are wanting premium compensation back. I mean, this is anything from, you know, bleacher report, like Jaheem is talking about to um, Pat McAfee and other outlets, national radio, local radio. I mean, John Lynch isn't just going to give that away. Remember yeah. folks, they moved up to go get him. And, and so now A they're lot. trying to figure out, right. What's this Brock Purdy situation? Like the 49ers have been connected to two, two quarterbacks who are still under contract with their respective teams, folks, one Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, and two New England Patriots quarterback, Mac Jones. Um, there's always stuff swirling around in San Francisco. So I like where Jaheim's head is at. I just don't see Shanahan slash Lynch, that administration of football, if you will, just giving that guy up for a fourth rounder. But um, I've been wrong before. Crazy things happen. I think it would have to be for a fat deal. Either way, we appreciate your support, Jaheim. Um, and, and real quick on the quarterback thing, we're talking about Russell Wilson, Jared Stidham. Do the Broncos draft a quarterback? I'm still trying to figure out the Jared Stidham thing, if I'm going to be completely honest. I think that's a very quiet story free agent signing it was surprising but nobody's really talking about it right now um it was very curious something i didn't see happening i knew they would try to add something in free agency but jared stidham yeah i didn't see stidham either uh, in that whole conversation that was that is a, a strange one they're they're very you know they seem like very different type of quarterbacks so one backing up the other yeah i, I don't know i mean it, they paid a lot for him too which was interesting to me that they paid that much for Stidham to come in. Maybe they think, you know, like, like I said about Cushionberry, there's always coaches that come in and they think that they can turn somebody around and make them a, make him a good player. So maybe he liked Stidham a lot coming out of college and that's why he went after him. Maybe um, when you know, you know, and sometimes <laughs> these GMs, these scouts, these head coaches, they get that inclination. They're human beings, just like all of us. And they move heaven and earth to go get that prospect that they deem to be their guy. Heath Holmes coming in, one of our guys saying, hi, Luke and Tom, question for you. If you bundled all your picks for one player to move up in the draft, who would it be? And this is a fantastic question. Um, there's still that thought out there. I know as crazy as it may sound that the Broncos get into the first or the second round. I think the second round is probably more realistic, but when you talk about the Broncos moving into the first round, that that could happen. I mean, it's like the Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber, right? So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> it could happen. Sean Payton does crazy things. George, we don't know if he's going to be around for the long haul. That would certainly be more responsibility added onto the Denver Broncos plate of we've already given up heaven and earth, so to speak, to get Sean Payton with backing up the Brinks truck, with trading things away, and now we're going to double down that move and go get a player, man, that would be a very, 
very rich luxury for me. If I'm getting in the first round for anybody, I'd want to be towards the end of the first round, um, especially for contract reasons. When you get that fifth year option in the first round, that can boost, make or break your team. Uh, when you look at the contracts, too, depending on how other players at that same respective position have been drafted, you start to look at contract numbers and they change drastically, right? Beginning of the first, middle of the first to the end of the first, when you start looking at those contracts. So I would try to trade up and I wouldn't give that much up, but I want to go get Dewan Jones, maybe at pick 31. It's a bit of a reach. There are a couple other offensive tackles that could be up there too. I just personally love this guy. His name, little Thanos may have some injury concerns, may have some easy in shape concerns, but I like this kid a lot. Offensive tackles got to be addressed. This is this is like a Ricky Williams situation here. Where I thought you of that immediately. Go up. I mean, that was a terrible decision by Mike Ditka back then. Not only did he give up all his of his draft choices, he gave up another number one the next year. Do you remember? Do that? you remember the cover? Do you remember the cover yes. of yes, Sports Illustrated? Describe that cover for folks who he haven't was, seen uh, it. Yeah, he was uh, wearing dreads and in a and in a. Um, Ricky uh, was wearing dress. a wedding dress. Yeah, yeah. Ricky so Williams crazy. wearing the wedding dress, and then Mike Ditka was there wearing dreads and a tux or something like yeah, that. It was nuts. It, <laughs> it was absolutely wild. Yeah, you're exactly right. I, I envisioned the same thing. Is there a player that you really, really like in the first round? Uh, well, I, not really because I haven't been paying attention because I did. I, I to me, it's like they would have. They really seriously would have to trade everything. That they okay, have this year. do it something crazy. What, who's, your favorite, who's your favorite quarterback? Who's your favorite, favorite quarterback, quarterback in the first round? I, I don't know, man. I, I oh, really no. haven't been paying attention. I've really been looking at third Come on. Or Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. <laughs> it's Bryce okay. Young for yeah, me. Uh, I, I like Bryce Young to go get CJ Stroud. It's not, it's Ooh. not really going to happen. They would have to trade even more. I mean, really, if, if they traded up everything, they could maybe get, maybe get into the last part of the first round most likely into the second so you're looking at i still would actually go for i would go for an offensive tackle or a center because those to me are the two needs that are going to be coming up big time this year and even in the next year so i don't know who i would go yeah, pick the guy it's just too far fetched for me to even think about yeah <laughs> if i'm trading up like in the mid to very early i'm getting you know dewan jones's guy paris johnson I mean, he's he's the yeah. cream of the crop, obviously, for offensive tackles. String guy coming in here with our we're talking about our pie in the sky fantasies of uh, NFL draft because you never know what could happen. Just look at Ricky Williams career. Uh, imagine what Peyton could do with Anthony Richardson, another guy who's getting a ton of love uh, that that, uh, you know, it's interesting. Pro days scouting combines how this period can truly make guys draft either skyrocket or plummet and yeah. this is a guy who's certainly seen his name be called very early in some mock drafts yeah. again they're just mocks so say what you will about mock drafts i always make fun of them and then i released one last week you can make fun of it as well yeah <laughs> go ahead and blast me for it right it's so hard to get all these things done but no, nah, it's it's cool, man. Quarterback. When you start talking quarterback in the Denver Broncos, I've seen some crazy mocks go Hendon Hooker with the Broncos, you know, at, at pick 68 or something like that. If there was a big slide, um, that would be a 
huge luxury. I would feel excited because it was a quarterback, but also enraged because that need on the interior offensive line and the exterior offensive line, folks. Um, Garrett Bowles is not a spring chicken. He's dealt with several injuries. You've got to have depth at that position. No, I'm not trying to run 72 out of town. He's a fine offensive tackle, but you've always got to be planning for the next guy. So um, that's something that's going to be really, really interesting. But here's our guy. Cooper saying, what's up? Just got done doing some counseling over on Zoom. Cooper, we were talking about Zoom before the show started, Thomas and I. And, uh, Tom, you were talking about meetings. And it got (laughs) me thinking about the Broncos and how many meetings are happening right now over there. Draft day meetings, scouting meetings. The technology is totally different. The war room's totally different. I mean, Cooper's talking about being on Zoom, getting some things done. And he's just a little guy. They're going to be doing all kinds of cool things. A Zoom press conference tomorrow with your Denver Broncos head coach, Sean Payton, and GM George Payton. Um, I think it's going to be a bit underwhelming, so to speak, because it's virtual. But uh, I don't know. Maybe someone will be brave and ask a tough question. That would certainly be interesting to see how that comes up. You know, how is this draft process different than last year? If you're looking at George Payton, if you're Sean Payton, um, I, I think you're still trying to f- fill things out here in Denver. You're trying to you re- he's reading everything. He knows who who's saying what. He's a very smart guy. He's let us know that early. But the virtual press conference tomorrow, a little underwhelming. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to have a bigger press conference, have some questions asked. <laughs> but like I said earlier, I don't care. I want wins. And then they can put as many press conferences as they want out there. I want to see them go get into work. I want to see something opposite of what we've seen, which is all the fooling around that they did last year, getting everybody hyped up with the press conferences and introducing everybody. Only Team three, baby. And bomb. That's, you know, it's like, to me, I'm cool with this. Go Ooh. to work. Don't say anything. Let your talking happen on the field. And then if you want to talk after you've won something, go for it. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. But I'm I'm just fine with these this approach this year. Yeah, it'll be I said it earlier, it'll be the first like virtual one I miss, right? Because yep. sometimes they'll throw me a bone. I get to ask something in there. Uh, I the players are the ones that make it really fun, but to talk to Sean Payton would, would be pretty damn cool. Something that you know I I would be curious about. Um, Sean was first asked about team three, right? And Jake Heaps and all that when he first got here, and he kind of played it off. I don't know of that ever happening, and I don't know about much of it. Well, Russ is still working out with his crew, right? I don't think they have keys to the building anymore, but Russ is looking lean. He's looking good. Apparently, he's okay. Thank goodness, right? He's crashing golf carts over in my (laughs) neck of the woods here in Roxborough, Colorado. Um, But it's just one of these things now where it'd be like, hey, Sean, what's your what has been your dealings or experience or outlook on Russell Wilson's camp? He's coming in lean. He's coming in trim. He's coming in enthusiastic. What would you accredit that to or or something like that? You know, because now uh, he has probably had a little bit of time to form an opinion on team three. And like I said, I, I believe him. The access has probably been restricted, but that doesn't mean that Sean doesn't have respect for Russell Wilson and his process as well away from the building. Well, and they want to win too. I mean, they don't want to have a, another black mark on their, uh, you know, ledger, so to speak, when it comes to, uh, 
or red, I guess it's red and ledger. That's bad, <laughs> but you know, they want yeah, the right. Russell Wilson and his team don't want to come out and have another bad year. So they're going to put the work in, they're going to do what it takes. I'm sure that they're, they understand what Sean Payton wants and they're going to go out and do it because if they come out and have another bad year, that's going to look bad on his entire team, right? The whole team three is going to take, you know, it's going to be uh it's going to be a black eye, so to speak. So I think they're putting in the work. I think they understand that they don't want to, uh, you know, muddy the waters in the building. They're respecting that, but they're still putting in the work. And I, I wasn't, I didn't think Russell Wilson wasn't putting in the work last year. I think he was, he just, it was just going down the wrong way. They just went down the wrong path thinking they were going to do something that they really shouldn't have done. And that had to do with the wrong coach in my mind. So I think that's been rectified. Yeah, I think so too. And it's going to be pretty telling. I think a lot of decisions that will be made here in just about a week at the NFL draft, we're going to be able to mull over and say, that was a George Payton pick. That was a Sean Payton pick. Oh, you see that trade? I told you Sean Payton wanted to go up for so-and-so. <laughs> That's what we're going to be doing here after the draft. I mean, we're at the big calm before the storm right now. Yeah. Um, but one thing that Broncos country is constantly looking at, and I wanted to get to our guy Rodney, the wide receivers are is a wide receiver on the trading block. Uh, that's the question uh, that's out there for Broncos country. It'd be interesting to hear if anybody asks tomorrow. Obviously, they have to clean up that question a little bit, right? That's how the game works, folks. You can't just come out and be an absolute dog asking savage questions because you're not going to get called on and they're going to run you out of the building and pull your credential. Rodney's coming in saying, what's the word on Cortland Sutton's potential trade? And I would also add and or Jerry Judy. Those reports have been out there for a long time. We've talked about it on this show. Here's what I, my opinion is. Pure speculation. I'm not hearing anything, not per source, any of that crap. It's just this. Any player is up on the trading block right now if you're Sean Payton. That doesn't mean he's a seller, right? That doesn't mean he's going out there saying, what can I get for Pat Sertan? No, 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 no. He is listening. That means his ears are open and his cell phone is on. Well, that's smart. You take you you take the phone calls. You see what they want to offer. And so far, they haven't offered enough. And that's been it. Like, they're going to listen and they're going to say, okay, this is what we want. And the other person says, no, that's it. That's the end of it. Everybody, everybody would take a, a phone call and say, I want to, you know, from someone that wants to trade to one of your players. That's your due diligence. You have to do it. If you're not, then you're not doing your job as a coach or a G GM. Here's my thoughts on the Cortland Sutton thing. Nobody's offered them what they wanted. So, so far that it's Ravens it's a, were close, even yeah, close, but you know, the, apparently the Ravens were close. There was some sort of deal. I don't know, you know, before the, the OJ, they were close, thing. they were close, whatever. Now here's the thing that could happen or during OBJ. the draft, right? <clears throat> that some teams that are desperate for a wide receiver don't get to pick who they want. They pick up the phone and they give the Broncos what they're asking for. That's the only realistic thing I see is someone gets desperate in the draft because they missed the wide receiver. So they pick the mm. phone up during the draft and they give the Broncos what they wanted. And Ooh. that's a done deal. That's a strong possibility, Tom. I'll, gonna, <coughs> I'll give you another possibility. I like that one a lot. Let's flip it. The Broncos want to move up and they want to get into the second round. Something I could see them doing. They're in striking distance, right? Right there at 67 and 68. What if you package a 68 and a third rounder in Cortland Sutton? That gets you into the second round. Um expensive, say what you will, but I think that can help you leapfrog some other teams potentially in the offensive tackle or offensive center 
you know, kind of race. It's something I don't think the Broncos uh, expected that they wouldn't have something done. Otherwise, we wouldn't be hearing these things. These conversations happen all the time. We just never hear about them because a lot of these things never come to fruition. This Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy thing, where there's smoke, there's usually some fire. But the old adage is, right, watch what they do, not what they say. A draft trade, whether that be moving up like Sean Payton likes to do or moving down, I mean, that could be capital. That is capital, especially a wide receiver like Jerry Judy. Uh, Cortland Sutton, I don't know. I could see maybe him being moved if they have a stud wide receiver come out in this draft. And I, Michael Wilson, I'm telling you, he's my guy out of Stanford or, or something like that. You have Tim Patrick reemerge. You've got more success with Greg Dulcich in the tight end position. Maybe you move a Cortland Sutton for next year's draft compensation. Maybe teams start calling you because their wide receivers are getting hurt, a la Tim Patrick in Broncos training camp. I mean, these are the things that we have to also consider, not just for this year's draft, but for next year's draft as well. Yeah, I, I my, my feeling on moving up from the very beginning of the third round into the second round, you're not getting much value. You know what you have in Cortland Sutton. You're going to give that value away to move up along with another draft pick, at least another third. You're not getting that much value. So you have to really like that play you're going after. You have to really, really like them to do that. And I just for me and and this and Clayton, you hit the nail on the head for my from my perspective. There's too many question marks in the receiver core right now to want to get rid of Judy or Sutton. You got Tim Patrick. I love, I was wrong on him from the beginning. He proved me wrong. He ended up being a great player, a really solid player. He's hurt. You know, he got hurt. He's coming back from an injury. That's a question mark. KJ Hamler, a question mark. So do you really want to go into the season with that many question marks and only picking up a marginal value for trading Cortland Sutton away? Maybe, maybe, because by that same, I'll play devil's advocate, by that same token, I could also argue because you have so many question marks at wide receiver, it's time to start over. It's Maybe time so. to start looking. It's time to start looking in another direction. Uh, but what's the goal for the year, right? Then we have that conversation. That's right. Is the goal to get better for two years from now, or is the goal to try to win right now? If the goal is to win right now, self-serving honesty would tell you that you keep Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, right? I mean, right. is that, that just makes the most sense when you look away or look at it from a, a, a different perspective. It's going to be interesting. And Clayton coming back in saying our, our receivers are going to have a fire year, baby. That would be great because that means Russell Wilson is having a great year. That means the Sean Payton offense is working that they hired the right coach, at least uh, in the short term. And again, these, these short-term versus long-term decisions are always what really determine how history will dictate that specific moment uh sean payton coming to the denver broncos was it a good move by the denver broncos great move the move did it get him back on track or did it set him back for years these are the things that we're ultimately going to be witnessing here in just about a week as sean payton operates his first nfl draft as the denver broncos head coach michael brinkio our guy coming in here will the mahi huddle podcast host the nfl draft show on friday april 28th when the Broncos start their draft. You know it. Uh, we always have draft coverage here at MHH. It's one of our big things that we pride ourselves on. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com. Check out our draft section. 
yeah chad always makes sure that we roll out special shows for you guys it's a live coverage wall-to-wall action we even have podcasts going when the undrafted guys are being signed i mean it, it's something that's so much fun we were talking about it at the end of the show they're kind of memories that that you have at least for me in the draft and um this will be my fourth draft now with mhh and it's so damn fun to be talking about it when the pick comes in hop off the the mic write something real quick come back on the mic and just nerd out just nerd the hell out that's what i do for three days my family knows i'm doing it and i can't wait baby the draft is right around the corner michael so you know we got you covered bud yeah, it reminds me of being a kid, right? When I was, I had the Street and Smith's draft or the Lindy's draft magazine, <laughs> and I'm writing, uh, you know, who I think in the corner, you know, along the uh, corners. And, you know, who, who's gonna, <laughs> and I'll have to say, I one draft, I think it was 2008, not 100% positive. I got, I think, got four of all the draft picks right, who I thought they were going to great. It was the one when they uh, drafted, uh, um, was that oh, man, Ryan Torrain? Torrain was uh, was uh, one of the drafts of running back. It was it was it was amazing. I was like, wow, I can't believe I got that I got that many right. They had the safety <laughs> Barrett out of uh, yeah, out of, uh, in the seventh round. Peyton Hillis, yeah, that was the other one. Peyton Hillis was uh, was one. Yeah, it Arkansas was a, boy. It was fun, but it, that's what the draft reminds me of. And to be able to do it, you know, and talk about it on the air, talk about it with the the people that support us. It's it's so fun. Oh, I, I'm that's, excited. That's the draft they got Clady in. Yes, that's 2008. That's, yeah, two, the bro- uh, yes. And, and then the, and then they took yeah Ben, and then they took Eddie Royal in the second round. So there's a second round wide receiver. Um, man, Clady, that we didn't know what we had, right? I mean, like Clady. he was he was a dog, but I man, I miss that guy so damn much because when they're gone, they're gone, dude. And he, I absolutely loved him. He was a he was on a Hall of Fame path until he injured himself. Right, play basketball. Got, yeah, yeah, well, that and then he had a suffered a couple of injuries. Yeah, play, playing pickup pack basketball. Yeah, he had a half a sack given up his rookie year, and I think his second year he had maybe a, a sack and a half. It was incredible. Dog. He was on a Hall of Fame trajectory, and then injuries, and it's a bummer, man. I, I love that draft pick though. Come out of Boise State. That's where I played football camp. Is at Boise State. Really? Were you yeah. on the blue turf? Oh yeah, hot as heck in the middle of really? summer. Really? Oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah, that yep. spray paint sticks right to oh. you in the glaring sun. I bet. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> Our guy GLP giving us some love, some love here on MHI. We appreciate you, Gary. Hopefully, you're doing well. Thank you so much, man. A huge, generous 1999. Uh, can't say enough what your support means to all of us here at MHH, night in and night out. Hey, Thomas and Luke, great job. Very fun. Go Broncos. MHH for life. Gary's ready for the NFL draft. Broncos country is ready for the NFL draft. History is made. History's decided this is where championship rosters are built in tandem, of course, with free agency and undrafted free agents, training camp, things of that nature. This is so huge. I mean, we're on the the doorstep of history, Tom. I'm so excited. I'm starting to get all giddy, just like you said, right? Just like a little kid uh, staying up all night playing video games with your friends. That's what we're doing here on the NFL draft for three days. It's it's a fun experience and it's a holiday, right? It comes once a year and now we get to enjoy it multiple days over the last few years. That formatting um, debatable on whether or not we absolutely love it that way versus the olden days. Um, but, but remember back in the day, right? Of course you do. Legends of Mile High host right here with me. Uh, back in the day, what? how many rounds did they used to have? A hundred? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, the early days, it was, yeah. 
forever. Uh, yeah, like 12, 12 13, yeah, right? To, like it was it was like 17 and 18 in the 60s, you know, they went down to 12 and then they got to 8 and then now they're finally at 7. But yeah, if they didn't have that 12th round draft choice back in the day, Mecklenburg uh, probably wouldn't have been drafted and uh, who knows what would have happened. Look at String Guy coming in here, wedge driving. And I absolutely love it because String Guy's ornery and I'm ornery too. So I got to <laughs> give him a shout out. Oh, Tom bragging now. So who gets the most picks right? You, Luke, or Scott? Sounds like there should be a lunch bet here. The loser buys. That's. I'll, yeah. I'm not going to. I'll tell you, I won't get any right this year. <laughs> I, this is so hard. I watched man. Shanahan draft for so many years that I was like, I, I was like, I knew he was going to take. A fullback, I knew he was going to take that. I knew he was going to take Clady. I knew he was going to take a mid-round running back that fit his system. So I just, I got lucky. I'll tell you, it was, it was all luck. And uh, nah, uh, you weren't saying it was luck a minute ago. I hear you, string guy. (laughs) Tom was batting, you know, pounding his chest a little bit there. No, that's just it, man. It's so damn hard uh, to, to identify guys. And if they can play in the NFL, that's one thing. That's a huge thing. That's the ultimate thing, right? And it's another thing to try to align these teams with these picks and then trades get involved and then draft day drama gets involved, right? Yes. You will hear a story here in the very next couple of days that, uh, you know, so-and-so got arrested for, for this, or somebody said something on Twitter six years ago. I mean, these things happen and we're going to be right in the middle of all of it. Michael Ranquillo, thank you so much for the support, big dog with his Buckham t-shirt. Man, you you just you make the night for us, man. You're always showing up every single night, seven days a week. That's when MHH has our pods at 6 p.m. Mountain. Michael is there for every one of them, and it means so much to have your support, Michael. Thank you. Great show tonight, Thomas Hall and Luke on the Maha Insiders. Go Broncos and buck them. Thank you, Mike. I like Keith Brugman coming in at the last minute. Thousand, a thousand stars real quick. <laughs> a thousand stars for Michael. Yeah. Thank you. Michael, thank you so much. Appreciate it, as always. But I just had to say, Keith Brugman's coming with a middle linebacker, throwing out middle linebacker uh, as a big need. And I know that there's a lot of back and forth with whether or not linebackers are are worthwhile to draft, how much emphasis they put on. Hell I'm yeah. Cool. I love the rangy middle linebacker throwback to the day who can cover sideline to sideline and just can just lay the wood on somebody. So, yeah, I mean, it would be great to have somebody like that in the like middle Jack of the Campbell, like Jack Broncos. Campbell out of yeah. Iowa in the second round. That would be freaking amazing. I don't think it's going to happen. It's a luxury pick, but Keith, I'm right there with you, bro. You're talking about the guy that loves every running back and linebacker. He sees <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right here. I'm just like you, Tom. I love the old school throwback days. And now you're starting to see some of these guys mold into that hybrid, right? That, that DB slash linebacker hybrid. It's kind of evolutionizing the position, the game. It's a reaction to what teams are doing on offense. But every now and then, you'll get a throwback player of of olden days, right? Alex Singleton, Josie Jewell, the Bash brothers, back together, reunited in Denver. Depth. We need depth. And that's what Keith's talking about here and getting getting depth at a, a value. And middle linebacker may not be a big need, but I really like Overshone. Um, yeah, there's a lot of linebackers that I really like. It's going to be interesting to see. George Payton doesn't like linebackers. In fact, uh, it could be argued he's never drafted one. I know, I know, I know. Baron Browning, right, converted and all that crap. Ohio State ruined him for that. I hope the Broncos don't do the same. But I digress. Uh, look, I loved 
Chad Muma. I loved Logan Wilson, both out of the University of Wyoming. You can find good linebackers at smaller schools. It's going to be really interesting to see what CU does here in just a couple of seasons. Tom Dion, Coach Prime Sanders is going to have himself a fine crop of young men over there in Boulder, and it's going to be really interesting to see. Speaking of that, Prime's got the CU spring game on Saturday. I think it's televised, right? Because anything Prime does is televised. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> I'll tell you, this is my thought on on middle line. I have two thoughts. Number one, they have to they they need to take a, an inside linebacker in this draft for special teams purposes for one and to be prepared for when jewel and, and singleton are, uh, are going to be going their separate ways with the un, undrafted, uh, you know, unrestricted free agency. I don't trust yep. Sternad. you know, they need, they need some no. depth, but I'll tell you this, everything kind of goes, you know, what goes around comes around. And you, what, what if the NFL starts to like say counter this, this, uh, you know, lighter groupings, with more power. So they got to bring the middle linebackers back that used to, you know, just mm. run, stop the run to, to counter that. Right. Like it's, it happens. You get these, you, you counter them with a more power scheme. So then they're going to bring the middle linebacker back and they'll have their heyday. I don't know if that's going to happen. The The rules have changed so much that it's just, it's one of those things where you kind of, the rules have changed that so you kind of have to go with these lighter sets and pass happy and everything. But Man, it would be a great day for nostalgia to have those uh, big, you know, rangy middle linebackers back in oh. the middle of the field as the most important defensive position. Can we get the old shells too? Of the yes, short, like those the are real roll. shells. Yeah, the, the neck, neck roll, roll with, the, with the jersey over the top. Yeah, yeah. I need all our <laughs> linebackers looking like Smoke Dog Al Wilson out there. <laughs> yeah. You know, white tape and and nostril flaring and everything. I mean, that was what a middle linebacker is supposed to be. Yeah. Keith, weighing back in. You guys are the best. Appreciate you, Keith. We appreciate you as we do the rest of our friends. By the way, Keith, I'm gonna give you a quick shout out. I see your work over at RMSN. Congratulations, you're doing well. Do not stop, brother. Huge supporter of you as well. Let me know how I can help. Um, yeah, folks are saying they're super excited for the NFL draft. And we're going to have our last MHI show of the week before the draft right. next week, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Mountain. Uh, join Tom and I, and we're going to have a lot of fun talking the last minute, the, the calm before the storm, if you will. I'm already getting nervous talking yeah. about it. Like, man, that's that's the show, right? That's the the that's night the of the prom that you're getting ready. And I yeah. mean, this is this is the big this is the big to do. And we yeah. can't wait to rock with you guys. It's been an awesome show. This time always goes by so for so fast. It's been lively, man. Broncos yeah. country weighing in on who they say is in charge. Sean Payton or George Payton talking NFL draft, uh, talking all kinds of fun stuff. I love it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the the great comments and the support. I love it. I'm I'm happy that I'm on the East Coast or on the West Coast now, not the East Coast. I don't have to stay up so late to watch the draft. I'm excited. I appreciate oh, everybody coming in with these great comments Tom, today. It was great fun. Great Tom, fun. the bad thing I've learned about being on the West Coast, if you watch NBA basketball, is you're going to be up till eleven thirty <laughs> at night. Uh, give a yeah, shout out to our Nuggets tonight, right? As they face the Minnesota Timberwolves in Game Two of the first round and uh i'll say this i basketball's changed a lot and it, it lost me a little bit when it went to the three-point shooter but i when you see a guy like nikola Jokic, 
and what that man can do with a basketball, what he can do as a player. Um, he may not be the dominant force that we're used to seeing in a Kobe Bryant, a LeBron James, a Michael Jordan, but he makes everyone around him better, and he's special. He should be the M- three-time uh, NBA MVP, I guess. the We got hockey going on, too. Big yeah. upset yesterday that the Seattle Kraken came in and whooped up on the Colorado Avs. So it's kind of interesting right now in Denver, right, because you've got Nuggets one night, and then Avs the next night, literally in the same arena. So quick yeah. turnover until both of those teams go on the road. Give them a quick shout out. I don't understand how they can freeze that <laughs> rink so quickly. You know, I used to build a, a rink in my backyard to for skating and whatnot. It took forever. How do they free, freeze the rink so fast? It just you used uh, to build a rink in your backyard. Yeah, yeah Tom, you're doing the intro music yeah, <laughs> for sure. If you're building ice rinks, we're gonna get, get things rocking. Guys, get at the mothership at Mile High Huddle on Twitter. Reach out to Tom and I on Twitter if you'd like to as well. He is at Thomas Hall NFL at Luke Patterson LP. We appreciate everybody's support tonight. Uh, Scott weighing in asking your question. They leave the ice under the floor, so. Oh, you know, okay. We talk that about technology and living sense. in 2023. Right. Get with the times, Tom. All right. They they turn the heat off. All right. Yeah, I thought they were uh, out there with uh, ice cubes rubbing it on the water to make it colder. Uh, it was a fun show. We will be back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Mountain. The fellas will be returning tonight and 6 p.m. or uh, tomorrow night, rather, on 6 p.m. Mountain. Catch Tom's on Friday morning at Legend Mile High, and then Thomas and Ron will be rocking with you on Saturday night at 6 p.m. Mountain for Orange and Blue View. For Thomas, I'm Luke, San Broncos Country. This is the way. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.